Baruka Tadunai, and welcome to Bet the Farm Podcast. I was told I needed a new intro on the show to captivate everyone. What's better than being a little Jewish? Sorry, Wes. But I'm here as always with Brandon the Pig Plotnik and Wes Burndog. How we doing, boys? Mazel tov, my friend. Mazel tov. Is that what we're supposed to say? I don't know. I'm not Jewish. Uh, yes. You could say a Congratulations. A L'chaim. L'chaim, that works. L'chaim. There you go. A little pop. Get a little phlegm in there. Love Even it. in Hebrew school as a kid, they always said, pretend you have popcorn stuck in the back of your throat. That's how you do the chus. Hmm. Pretend you have popcorn I never stuck in the back of your that. throat. I never told that. I wonder I sound like a fake Jew. Makes there sense. you go. But. Is that why Jewish girls are so good at sucking dick? Ooh, I don't know about that. I wish I'd been there before. Pleading the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jared, your dick never gets to the end of the throat, so no wonder. That's why I was pleading the fifth. <laughs> All right. Well, Jared, you going to introduce the show or what? What do you mean introduce the show? I just did. Baruch Atat and I am. Welcome, everybody, to Golf Picks Psych. Bet the Farm Podcast, Brian. I already said that. You weren't listening. That's one strike on you. Three strikes, and you're out of here because baseball season is right around the corner. We will talk a little MLB futures. Not much else going on around these parts of towns. we got the Final Four. As always, we have NHL that we won't talk about. We have NBA that no longer is talked about because Miles Singer, the cow, was kicked off their show. And maybe some tennis. Maybe some soccer, maybe not, because it's international break. With that being said, we'll send it right over to Brandon for the recap. Hey, hey, hey. It's me, Dino the Pig, here for your weekly recap. And guess what, boys? It was another winning week from the farm. This is all we do. We told you guys from the get-go we are going to hit at a 60% clip and feed you winners. And we're well on our way through... 1,200 plus bets. We are hitting at a 59% clip. Nice. Nice. I said 59%. <laughs> but I'll start with a recap of last week for myself. A 3-0 week for me. Thank God. I got off the schneid off of 0-5 week. The week before in the NCAA tournament, I got absolutely destroyed. But guess what? I bounced back. I said, I know my role. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm not going to take a spread. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with an over-under. What did I do? Mm-hmm. I went to St. Peter's, St. Mary's, wow. as my brother likes to call it. St. Peter's, St. Mary's versus Purdue. Under 133.5. It ended at 131. Thank you very much. That's the winner. Wow. I went to the Octagon for Alexi Olinick, the boa constrictor, versus Illyard Latifi. Unfortunately, Latifi had to pull out last minute. That's what she said. And that is a automatic draw. Any so, relation to Kelly? Kelly Olinick? No. Yeah. They, uh, this guy's Russian, I think. So. All right. It was just no. a question. No. I don't know where Kelly Olinick's heritage is yeah, from. Yeah, it could but, be him. Huh? For all you know. I mean, maybe his cousin. Who knows? But. I mean, their, their last names are spelled completely different, so I highly doubt it, but hey, you never know. You could have started with that one. Yeah, okay. Anyways, uh, so that's a draw for me. Then I went – actually, you know what? I'll stick into the octagon. Me and the burn dog, as you guys all know, Barn Burner MMA show. Don't forget, next week, UFC 274, big show coming out. Two title fights. I cannot wait. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. Give you guys a little insight into some of what we're looking at from a handicapped perspective. But we had a fight night this past week, and we decided both together to take Neil Magny and the over of two and a half parlayed at plus 102 over Max Griffin. And what did Neil Magny do? The outboxing king, dude. The king of points. Always. Went out and just won in unanimous fashion. Got a, I think he had the bonus too. Yeah, yeah. It was a close fight. I mean, 
I think he got yeah, the 50k it, it, bonus though. Uh, I'm not 100. Remember, I sent you the, the how, yeah, much, uh, I, I how did, much money he made. I didn't. Um, I didn't look at the bonuses too hard. Um, I just know that he lost the first round, and then came back and won the last two rounds, which was huge because we were getting a little worried there. Um, but it, it was just a, a great showing for Neil Magny. He shouldn't have been fighting Max Griffin in the end of the day, but it was a fun fight. And then what I did, <laughs> I went to the Oscars. And sure, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the drama that went down in the Oscars. And no, I'm not talking about Will Smith. I'm talking about Dune taking over and cleaning slate like I predicted on the show last week. I told you guys, Dune, 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 or you will be doomed. So I said, hey, I was an editing, writing, and media major at Florida State University. I know editing. I know what good editing looks like. And the best editing at minus 110 with the best value you could find is Dune. And, of course, that's a winner right there. Uh, stump stump the, uh, the pig real quick. Did you see the movie? Never seen it. <laughs> so you know <laughs> editing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know how to handicap it. I know how to handicap it. Well, it was a handicap of the night for sure. Um, easiest winner we had. By far. Minus on 110, too. A great we had some sweaters. We had some, some sweating last week. Speaking of sweating, we, we lost two real close uh, MMA fights uh, for the Burn Dog last week. Uh, we're going to start there. Uh, we lost a very, very tight decision uh, with the, um, the Askarov bet. Askarov in the Oval. Kai Kara France. First Kai Kara France. I thought, I thought it was a robbery. Um, I thought it was. I mean, he had like eight takedowns for Kai Kara France, and he, you know you called that too. Yeah, yeah, and it was just the Dagestanis. It, Kai Kara France had uh, two knockdowns that were very important. One I thought should have been ruled a slip, but I think it was called a knockdown, and that's what played uh, so much into it. But going into this, we're never gonna take decision bets ever again in Columbus, Ohio, that's for sure. Uh, because <laughs> I thought judges... you were going to say in that division because no. the bantam, that's bantamweight? Yeah, that's bantamweight. I mean, you're always going to deal with de- decisions uh, in the bantamweight division. It's part of it. It's part of it. Yeah, of course. Um, even though, fun fact, that the bantamweight has the second highest rate of finishes in the UFC. So, hey, look um, at that. Yeah, That's off the top. West giving a burn dog nugget. But uh, then we lost another very close decision uh, on a straight up bet with Matt Brown. Um, I thought this was a bigger robbery than the Askarov fight. Uh, Matt Brown clearly had done more damage. He had controlled the octagon. It was it was a very frustrating night for me with two very close decisions. So. Um, it, that happens sometimes. Uh, we rebounded with uh, – I had the Neil, Neil Magny bet as well. Uh, and then we had Alexa Grasso and the over uh, uh, in, in that fight. Uh, so that puts me at two and two for MMA. Um, we, it, it, we were this close. I mean, we were inches from a full sweep. Um, I, I will say, you know, in looking at the numbers, Matt Brown versus Brian Barbarina. Barbarina had more more strikes landed. I, I was just going to say, I mean, 289 total strikes, 211 significant yeah. in comparison to Matt Brown's 129. I mean, almost doubling his yeah. significant strikes. Guess what? That's not really a close yeah. call. 
Yeah, I know, but that's just that's a. But that doesn't take in takedowns. No, it didn't. Yeah. Doesn't take. Matt Brown took him down five times. Yeah, took him down five times. He landed the damaging strikes. He had him bleeding all over the place. They were both bleeding, but Matt Brown has a, pun, a ton of scar tissue, and Barbarino was just taking punishment and then throwing punches in bunches. It's frustrating, but I thought with the takedowns uh, and the ring control that it should have been his fight. I mean, but, five takedowns on seven attempts. Yeah. I would have think that and even he, with. All of those significant strikes. Do, that, do you have that, control time up up there? No, I don't, I don't have it on. Okay, well, I think he had like, you know, two minutes of... Two Zero th- knockdowns, yeah. though, I'll tell you yeah, that much. Yeah. I think he had two to three minutes of control time in two of the three rounds. So, um, most of Barbarina's strikes came in that third round when, when Matt Brown gassed, and I think that's what gave him the decision, was a, a strong third round by uh, Barbarina, but these things happen. So, the point of the recaps isn't necessarily to just give you our records. It's also to tell you, you know, reasons why we bet them and they won. You know, trying to educate, you know, entertain and educate. But also when you lose, try to figure out maybe where did things go wrong. So, that being said, we we have a short show today for everybody. There's not that much in terms of our betting cards. So, anything that you think that you could take away from your betting card from last week that – both positive or negative, and I'm going to ask Jared the same question after, but anything that you could think of? Um, I think we underestimated um, – I think we overestimated Matt Brown's gas tank in that fight, uh, and that's really what put the dagger in it for Maybe us. Maybe not that fight, but just a general – Yeah, yeah. Well, no, in that, in that, in that handicap, I, I put a little too much into Matt Brown having – cardio and he didn't have the cardio he's an older guy we might have been able to see see it coming it's something that we'll put into our handicaps going forward that when you have an older guy fighting like that you need to really take a double double check at his previous cardio like how his cardio has been looking in the previous fights um and and how many fights he's been in in the last few years because you know octagon you know, experience is yeah. huge, especially for a guy yeah. like him. He's a veteran. Maybe he has yeah. too much time yeah. in the octagon, and sometimes that yeah. gets to your head. Oh yeah, I like mean, literally to your head. Yeah, being punch punch drunk is real. But I mean, I don't. I didn't think he had too much damage. I don't think he was carrying too much damage. I think he just uh, put too much into his strikes. As we said, the reason we bet him was because he was so violent. Uh, and and you got him at like a pick'em. Yeah, and we got him at a pick'em. So I was. Very happy with the. I was very happy with the bet in terms of what we got out of a pick'em fighter. So um, just going, you said what we learned. We learned that uh, sometimes when you're betting an older fighter, we need to take a double check on what his cardio has been looking like in the previous fights. Has he gassed on flurries? Even if you know. The, the thing with Matt Brown is he hadn't been to a bunch of decisions recently. He'd either been knocked out or he'd knocked somebody else out. So um, d- did he get tired in the flurries leading up to his knockouts or in, in the brawls leading up to his, his getting knocked out? So What, a, uh, what about on the, uh, the hard court in basketball? In basketball, I had Miami uh, at plus three against Iowa, Iowa State, and then uh, unfortunately we lost another tough one, uh, losing the UNC UCLA over uh, by two points. They scored one thirty nine. Uh, the I had it at one forty one. Uh, they had a, a slow first half. You know they had sixty six points in the first half, sixty six minus. You know they had seventy. 
what, 73 in the second half. So they put up 70 in the first half where we, we hit by two points. So uh, it happens. And, it, hey. again, a close close bet. I, I, I can't be mad about the three losses that I have on this, on this recap. Yep, three and three a week. I mean, look. Technically, especially with you, a guy that has hit some really big dog bets. We call you the burn dog for a reason. We want to make sure that you're providing guys, everybody out there, with value on opportunities to win a little bit more that their uh, their wallets can take. So appreciate that. Jared, one in one week. We do not have Eric Pfeffer nor Miles in attendance. Miles is no longer part of Bet the Farm Podcast. The Burn Dog is now a regular permanent guest. Jared, one in one week. I know you had a short card, but you decided to dabble in the Sweet 16. Soccer is an international play, so you decided not to go that route, but I'm sure you'll have something in the coming weeks once the World Cup qualifiers are over. One in one week. Tell us how you did it. Yeah, nothing crazy, man. We laid the points with Purdue against St. Peter's. And we all know what happened. They lost outright. That's why I don't lay juice with the money line, right? We just took the points. Just one loser. No big deal. And then we took the points with Providence over what team? I don't even know what team it was, but they were seven and a half point dogs, I think, and they lost by, by five. So we covered there. Pretty boring week. Pretty lackluster week. Um, but look, these are the few, I guess, down weeks. No soccer internationally. Everyone knows I love that. I don't really dabble with NBA or NHL. And uh, baseball right around the corner. So no NFL right now. So it's just golf. It's soccer. And it's going to be MLB coming up soon. So Hey, um, if I recall, you had a pretty good futures MLB record last year, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that tends to be uh, my bread and butter. I do like doing that a lot. I always put research in. Baseball has always been my favorite sport growing up. Uh, it's taken a good decade to kind of get good at gambling at it. But... Um, it's a lot of variance, of course, when it comes to baseball and MLB uh, season-long futures just due to how important pitching is and it takes one or two injuries to kill someone. But uh, we'll dive a little deeper, whether it be this show or, or uh, next week, on um, kind of what I look for when I'm taking season-long futures. A good segue into what we'll be talking about on this show. We've got, obviously, the Final Four this weekend, so really excited. Going to have some good matchups there. I actually have some MLB futures I've already dug deep in, and we've got the Miami Open in tennis, and we're getting down to the final four of that as well. So two final fours we're going to talk about. But Jared, one and one week. Dino, three and oh week. Wes, three and three. And Eric came out. He said he is the new NCAA sharp when it comes to college basketball. And he went 1-0. He decided to go with his homer bet of the Miami Hurricanes, and they came out victorious. So He's lucky that uh, we didn't do the pod before their last game, or else he would be 1-1 after his next homer pick, which would have been the Hurricanes, who got absolutely curb-stomped by Kansas. So luckily he, he just kept it there. All right. Well, all time, that puts me at a 54% winning clip. Jared is at 57%. Eric, 51%. I'd love to see it. Wesley, 59%. Now leading the league. Miles is, you know, we'll keep his 67% until he decides he wants to come back and make another appearance during the NBA playoffs. Everybody knows he is our NBA sharp. So once the playoffs start and we've got the the luxury of the NBA playoffs is that you're going to get lines 
days ahead of time. So when we record our podcast, we'll have lines to work with, and we'll make sure Miles is back on the show. That's an eight and four week all time. Puts us at seven hundred and nineteen wins, five hundred losses, twelve draws. That is two hundred and nineteen bets that we would need to lose to be at a fifty percent clip. That's a fifty nine percent winning clip so far on Bet the Farm Podcast. I mean, can we just like let that sink in for a second? Well, I mean, we've been doing this show for a year and a half. Fifty nine percent. It's pretty interesting that we only have twelve pushes. Yeah, I thought about that too. I, Honestly, I, when I, I said it, when I said it, I was like, 12 pushes. That I'll be work. honest. I'll Actually, you know what? I had a push this week on the draw. So make that 13 technically. I was about to but say. it's not really a push because it was a nullified bet. Yeah. But, Jared, what? I'll admit fault. I mean, I just don't even report my pushes anymore. I realize at the, like, if I go 5, 2, and 1, I just say 5 and 2. That's why we only have 12 to answer your question. So those have been unre- we reported those the first few months, and then we're. Just, I mean, me personally, I just stopped doing it. I was like, so. Oh, now you need more Mike Brandon. <laughs> hey, when you when you're when you got to host, produce, edit, record, you got to do. You got to make sure that everything sounds good for all our fans out there. That's enough for our recap. Like I said, 59% winning clip. Let's dive into this week's headlines. We've got Final Four March Madness. We have some MLB futures, and I've got a few tennis plays for you guys for you. Well, I really just have one. But before we get into our plays, it's always that time of the segment, or sorry, should I say, the episode for our favorite segment, our red card of the week. Burn Dog. What the hell pissed you off this week? Who's getting a red card? Red card goes to, it's a little bit of a homer here, but the entire NFL media that just will not let up on the Tua slander. Like, we finally put a good team around him. Instead of being like, okay, finally it's Tua's time to shine. Here we go again with... He's not good enough. He's not accurate enough. He doesn't. He's not big enough. He can't throw the long ball. He can't throw the long ball. Oh, we is, get Tyree Kill, but he, guess what? He can't throw a thirty-yard pass. He, he like, what? has the second best deep ball percentage in the league last year on twenty-plus throws. It's only twenty-nine throws. But how is that stat? You just throw it under the bus and continue to slander our boy. So, thank God for Pat McAfee for the play on of the week from the Burn Dog. He just he went on his pod saying how he was on the he was on Get Up uh, today, and they were talking about Devontae Adams, and all of a sudden that bumps over to oh well, Tyreek. Yeah, like Tyreek, who's yeah. the best receiver? Who's better, Tyreek or Devontae Adams? Or well, Devontae Adams is going to be better because he has Derek Carr. Who? How the fuck does Derek Carr make you feel better about it? Like it's it was ridiculous. Pat McAfee stood up for our boy on national television and then went on his pod and talked about it. And he was just the most level headed I've heard anybody talk about Tua outside of the Miami media. What did he say? Uh, he said. Hey, why why are we taking a shot at Tua? This had nothing to do with Tua. This had, we were talking about Devontae Adams. Why are we talking about Tua now? And first of all, if you're going to take a shot at him, why are Lami <laughs> with the live goal on the, the podcast? The Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if the cats are on and we're recording, 
We're watching it. So, Lombardo. Lombardo. I know, but they yeah. started calling Lombardini. Lombardini. Oh, Brandon doesn't yeah. understand what you're saying. I don't think he's heard No, they started. Uh, Lombardo? Lombardo, like, like Huberdo. Lombardo. It's Lombardo. Lombardo. I, I mispronounced uh, it. Was an assist from, from Oh, Huberdo? my God. He doesn't No, it was a breakaway goal for Lombardo. His nickname is Lombardo now. They're saying he's yeah. just like Huberdo. So they're calling him Lombardo. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah. That's what we're trying to explain. Yeah, it, was on, it was on Cats. You didn't explain anything. You just said it. It was on Cats, <laughs> Twi- it was on Cats uh, Twitter today because they... Uh, uh, I love that. One of, one of the B reporters was saying that in the locker room, Lombard uh, has a new nickname. Lombardo. Oh, they, yeah. they say it in the locker room? Yeah, they say I it in the locker room. The guys... Well, it came out this morning that yeah. they decided to change up the lines. Obviously, Giroux was on the first line with Barkov. They wanted to put him with Verhage. But look, Giroux is a natural center. And what they want to do is put him with Huberdo and alongside someone else that's going to be scrappy because those two guys are such good you know, stick handlers. And they put Lomberg on that second line. So just like that, Lomberdo. Lomberdo. I love that. Not Lomberdon't. Lomberdo. Yeah. Lomberdo. Uh, exactly. All right. Jared, red card of the week. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I smell a red card brewing right now. Yeah, it actually does have to do uh, with the dogs for those uh, close fans, those far away. Um, I just became a dad. First show as a dad. It feels weird. I know it's very odd. Um, but I have a little black lab now in the house. Shout out Tank over here playing with Lily. And my red card of the week, honestly, which is not from my point of view, just in general, it's a red card for him. You should give it to him and his family. Whoever the person was that just backed out of their deposit for a little tank over here from up in Jacksonville, I got the call last second. Hey, we got a back out. We got tank available for you. This little cute 10-week-old black lab. Do you want to come get him? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. Fuck yeah, I do. I'm going to come get him. And guess what? I got the leverage here. So instead of $2,000 you're asking for, let's do $1,500. Get a deal. Bing, bang, boom. Tank is here now. He is ours. He is mine, especially. And especially his mind is giving a red card to that idiot that gave up tank to me. <laughs> I mean, another Plotnik wreaking havoc on the world. I mean, we've got myself, my brother, Lily Plotnik, and now we've got Tank Plotnik. And golly, crack one to that. Hey, welcome to the family, Tank Plotnik. We and love you. And guess what? We have you- to mention he's an absolute stud. He is a big boy looking looking, looking to be about 100 pounds. Jared, you better get ready. Oh, yeah. Start buying that dog food. Yeah, you, I got gotta- your, you got yourself an O-lineman of a dog. I, now, I've been doing uh, core workouts every day because I'm going to yeah. have to pick this thing up in six months. It's going to be difficult. Here's the one way to define Tank, his teeth. You know what they are? Sharp. We added sharp. another sharp to the gambling podcast of Pet the Farm podcast. So, hey, nice red card and a potential play on for Tank Plotnik. My red card of the week, of course, I have to talk about the Oscars after you know hitting my unbelievable handicap of top editing film of Dune. But what stole the show that week? Will Smith walking on stage during... Uh, Chris Rock is go- going to, you know, announce the award. Makes a-, a joke. The guy's a fucking comedian. It's his job to make jokes. Makes jokes about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, about she has alopecia, which means her hair is basically she has hair loss. Everyone makes knows this by now. Uh, okay, not I'm sh- honestly yeah. not everybody does, especially our industry of people listening to this. Anyways, I have a double red card. The first red card goes to Will Smith. First of all, 
walking on stage and smacking a man <laughs> on national television is a red card. I mean, especially Chris Rock. Like, the, he's doing his job. He's a comedian. Like, that's literally his job was to go up there and make jokes. Like, think about how many different Academy Award or all of these, like, award shows that they do that they make – all they do, their job is to go up there and crack jokes. And the Academy approved that script. Like, they looked at the script of what the jokes he, he was going to say and said, good, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. and, and, and to walk up, smack the fuck out of him, and then go sit back down and say, don't talk about my fucking wife two different times, or whatever, however he said. The line was pretty legendary, though. Yeah, G.I. Jane. My wife's name, name out, out your, your mouth. Fuck it, out your, out your fucking, fucking mouth. mouth. Twice, he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, And my second red card, so the first red card goes to Will Smith. Second one goes to Chris Rock. They're both getting red cards in this scenario. You're going to let a man walk on fucking onto stage while it's your time to shine, smack the living fuck out of you, and just take it to the chin? Oh, no. We should have seen a brawl on stage. That's my fucking hot take. I wanted to see a brawl. If you guys wanted some real attention for the Oscars, we wanted to see a fight. Let me see Will Smith versus Chris Rock fucking smack the shit out of each other. I don't know. That that would be a play on for me, considering that Rock Chris Rock showed he was the the true professional in the situation. I, he handled that like a like a boss. You know what I mean? Like like a lesser man would have fought back. It would have the the the, the, the it, Oscars oh, would have gone. It was already playoffs. awkward. It, it, it would have been. Already, it would have the, yeah. the show may have ended. Yeah, and and he like Will Smith got off the stage and he goes, "Well, that just happened." He laughed about it. Clearly a fake laugh. But it didn't matter. It made everybody feel better. And then they moved on. You're right. I have a red card, a red card, and then a play on. Meaning, right, you get a red card in most scenarios in, in soccer. And guess what? You don't get to play the next game. In this case, in this case, it's a play on as well for Chris Rock. For taking it to the chin. Took it like a champ. And then also... Oh, yeah. I agree. I would have been pissed too, Lily. But also, takes it to the chin... Hey, Tank, come on. We're, we're recording a show Tank's here, Tank's on Chris Rock's side. Yeah, I know, right? And <laughs> I don't know which side I'm on. I don't know. But Chris Rock, I, I loved his composure, and he, he made a joke. And he's, uh, my favorite line, honestly, the, everyone thinks the funniest line is, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. My favorite line is, well, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> and he goes, that might be the best television you guys ever see. Like, something like that. Like, yeah. Like, the greatest Bro. thing that's ever happened on live television of all true, time. True comedian. Just true comedian. And then I saw also, outside of that, he had his own show. He Like, he's on tour right now. And he goes uh, on tour. And he doesn't know what to say at the beginning. He's like, guys, he starts it off with, I think it was in New York no, or I something. I got it because I, I, I watched this a couple times. So he gets on stage and he goes, guys, I just want to let you know I'm still processing this yeah, whole thing. Yeah. He goes, I'm not ready to talk about it. Like, if you came to this show to hear me talk about I'm still happened, processing this. I'm still processing. And I don't have a joke one way or the other. He goes, it's probably going to be in the set somewhere. Yeah. But <laughs> right now, it's not going to be. Yeah. And uh, No, I just loved how he walked that on. That is three old cats. <laughs> Let's go. I, I love how he goes, 
I don't have. I don't really know what to say. <laughs> just yeah. like yeah, I don't know what yeah. to say. But I don't have but, anything. I already had a whole script for you guys. To, to his benefit, every single one of his shows on tour sold out overnight. Oh my god! It yeah. was the best marketing ever for Chris yeah. Rock, and honestly, potentially bad for Will Smith. I would think. Like, yeah, I mean, it was a bad look. It, it truly was. It was a pretty bad. And then look. his son is on Twitter defending it. Like yeah. that's weird. All in and of itself. I mean, are you not going to defend your mom? Like, come on. Uh, it's Somebody just, makes a joke about my bald-headed mama. I I, I want to get on stage. Bro, it's a comedian. I know, but I want to get on stage, dude. It, it's all like my my point is as a son, like that's not a Oscar-winning actor that's been in the industry for fucking you know thirty years. Like as, as a son, like if you make a joke about my mom, I don't give a fuck who you are, what your profession is. I'm gonna be angry and I'm gonna clap back. You know what I mean? You're just talking about my mom. Like, it doesn't matter. But as a professional actor that's in the business, that has been to the Oscars before multiple times, he knows what's going to happen when a comedian gets on stage as a host. You're sitting front row. If you sit front row, expect a joke. I agree. I agree. Well, that'll wrap it up for our red cards of the week. Guys, just so you know, if you hear some background noise, the dogs are out. And guess what? That means... I got the bird dog here. I got Lily here. I got Tank here. We might have some potential dog plays for you. So let's go ahead and jump straight into our cash crops of the week. You know what this reminds me of? You know, like college game day and they, and they like get into the field. You know, like like when I say the field, like yep. they've got the fans all behind them and people are holding up signs and there's fucking beer cans flying and people holding up signs. Guess what? That's the atmosphere that we're feeling right now with the two dogs. I love to see it. So... Enjoy the noise. Background noise is fine. Let it ride. Anyways, cash crops. Let's fucking put money in people's pockets. And we'll all start it out with a dog. I'm going to the NCAA, the most relevant sport we have right now, uh, just because there really isn't all that much. That's why we have a short show for you. We're trying to build some winners on a, on a low of a week. And I'm starting with UNC plus four as the dog. Um, Duke's having... Not a Cinderella year, but a storybook year. Coach K's last year. You know, they're playing for, for them. But you know what that also does? That puts an entire fan base, one of the most notoriously strong pressured fan bases in NCAA, Duke fans. Uh, they, they're putting a ton of pressure on those young kids. A, what, what do you call them? One and dones. So they got a one-and-done team dealing with the pressure of Coach K's last season. And they played extremely well, but they're playing their arch nemesis, their rivals. Uh, and I just think that I, I, I like the plus four in this spot. I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, and I think UNC has played better as a team together than Duke has. Duke has had some ex- excellent play um, from specific players. But I think... North Carolina is firing on all cylinders on offense, and I'm really fading Duke due to the pressure that comes with a Final Four rivalry game of UNC versus Duke. I think there's less pressure, so I want the points in this rivalry game. Give me Duke plus four. I mean, give me, give me UNC plus four. Sorry about that, guys. No, no, don't apologize. This is what we call dogs are barking right dogs now, Dogs are West. barking. And yeah. I am going to back you up, and I'm on the same side. And no one that's listening should be surprised. We're taking dogs here, and we are fading Coach K here. My handicap couldn't be further than yours. My handicap is very sharp. What it is is fuck Coach K. We're going UNC plus four and a half 
Hashtag fuck Coach K. That guy is not going to the finals. By God, he is not winning at all and, and fucking leaving. Because if he does, I actually think, uh, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but just a completely hot take that um, he is pulling a Tom Brady. He's going to do the same shit. Yeah, red card of the week again times two. Going straight to Coach K when he pulls the Tom Brady. We're going to cut the, the we're cutting the tape because I know he's pulling a, a Tom Brady. That, that loser is going to be out of his mind two months at home knowing he can't coach anymore. He's such a loser. I hate him so much. Um, UNC with the points and just for fun, sprinkle the money line. Imagine defining Coach K as a loser. He is yeah. a loser. He's a loser, yeah. like, you know the word loser. It's about, you're calling someone, hey, you're a loser, you lose all the time. Or you're yeah. a loser, you're just fucking weird and stupid and do dumb shit. Stop being a loser. He's that loser. Well, we said, just <laughs> for fun, so we're throwing in a burn dog. It's not going on there the cash crop record. We're throwing in a burn dog. Nah, fuck it. Throw it on the cash crop record. Uh, this it's 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 a, a a features play. We put your plus six hundred Aspinall on there. I know, but I also prefaced it. I'm putting. I'm so confident in that burn dog that I'm putting it. I always preface it. So you're stick the one your that, guns here. You're the one that always tells Don't be me. Don't Let's go. Preface it. I'm not prefacing it. This is just for fun because we think that the UNC is going to win here. So uh, it, it's basically a parlay. It, uh, I'm taking UNC to pull the upset. Uh, and Kansas to beat Villanova, but I don't have to deal with the spread uh, on a parlay, and I'm getting way better odds. Give me UNC, uh, UNC to win, uh, UNC to win versus Kansas plus 450. They both have to win it. UNC has to win it. Let me just let me. UNC, uh, you're saying, assuming that so, they both win. So assuming, because UNC is yeah, so what, facing Duke. What, what we're taking is basically. Uh, a pick the championship exact result. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is this is a this is a tricky bet, and that's why it's just for fun. Yeah, you're basically parlaying both teams to win, but yes. at better odds. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, so, you know what? That's very sharp of a handicap. Yeah. So 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 I'm parlaying both teams, but I'm not going to get that good of a parlay. Even if I parlayed the third team in yeah. at money line, I still wouldn't get plus four fifty. Correct. Because we have a, a very big favorite in Kansas. So um, I'm going to take the line that they give me. Uh, and let me just make sure that, that I have the right line here. And no, we actually have plus 800 oh. North Carolina to beat Kansas in the championship game. Oh. Give me that all day. You're not getting plus 800 in a three-leg Are you focused? Parlay. What's going on here? This is a big deal. What are you looking at? This is why, this is why I... This is why I preface. There's a reason I preface because I got a plus, an eight to one dog here, not a four and a half to one dog. S- sorry guys, I got a little too overexcited. I don't have my computer with me. I'm doing my best to give you guys some winners just for fun. Duke exactly. I mean, goddamn it, they look the goddamn same. UNC exact result to beat Kansas in the championship game, eight to one burn dog. Let it ride. Cash crap. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Burnt dog nonetheless. Sorry. Yeah. If you were wondering why I was distracted, I am watching the Miami Open in the quarterfinals. And if you know me, I love Carlos Alcaraz, 18-year-old Spaniard. I got a minus four and a half versus Kekmanovich. And if he holds serve here, he is going to cash my ticket. So I'm into that. But guess what? I'm also into cash crops. And I do have one cash crop when it comes to 
the NCAA. Guess what? I told you guys I was going to, you know, take take my time, you know, find a bet I liked last week after an 0-5 week the week before. And guess what? I'm riding Villanova plus four and a half this week versus Kansas. I don't have a full statistical breakdown for you. Uh, I, what? I suck at college basketball. But one thing I do know is that I love what is this? Jay Wright? Clam? Jay Wright? Oh, yeah. I love Jay Wright in these positions. Oh, Bill Self? More like Bill Selfish. I love Jay Wright because I don't want to be wrong. I want to be right. I want to be the right side of things. And I think that Villanova plus four and a half against Kansas, the one versus two seed. Eh. Yeah, it's no surprise. It's I have dog no- day. It's dog week. And it's Sorry. dog NCAA tournament. Villanova plus four and a half. It's my handicap. Fun fact. Are you mimicking me? No, I'm giving my handicap. Did you not listen to anything I just said? Oh, so I've taken Villanova the entire... Uh, I've taken them every single round. And they've covered so every hand, single round. Handshake bet? Uh, I don't know about I mean, I, I just took the same thing you did. Aren't normally handshake That's, bets when you're against each other? No, hand, no. me and Eric. Handshake bets are when you're on the same side. I don't want to be on a side of... I already bet. put it. In I don't want to be. Can I finish my what I'm trying to say, Brandon? I don't want to be in a type of bet that Eric's on. Is my point. If he calls something a handshake back with you, I don't want to be a part of that. I'll just say, yeah, we're on the same side. No, he's not on this. I know. I'm saying if he calls something a handshake bet, that means it has negative energy. Is what I'm trying to say. Fist to you. bump bet. Yeah, that's better. Thank you. Fist bump bet. We're going with Villanova plus four and a half. Everybody versus Kansas in the final four Saturday, April second at 6:09 p.m. Eastern time. Now, I have nothing left on the college side. I only did that because I was filibustering. But there's a lot more to be bet on this week. Shall I jump right into it? Jump right into it. I'm looking for a, uh, a fun fact that I, I seem to have lost here. But it involves Villanova winning the championship. So be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. Okay. Well, that means I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it myself. And we are going to start with some MLB futures. I know we got a lot of fans out there that love the MLB. We did very well on our MLB futures last year. I know next week we're going to have a lot more detailed card after spring training ends. We've kind of figured out the rotations and the depth charts. It'll be a little bit easier handicap. But what better time to jump on some Weak lines. I think some of these are a little bit stale. And I'm going to start off with the Colorado Rockies over 68.5 wins. Look, they had 74 wins last year. This number is deflated somehow because they lost Trevor Story. Guess what? They added Randall Gritchick inside Chris Bryant to a massive deal. Mm-hmm. Their lineup is CJ Cron, Brandon Rogers, Ryan McMahon. Justin Blackman, Gritchick, Bryant. I mean, that offense in Coors Field is going to be electric. Their rotation, relatively the same. They added Chad Cool from Pittsburgh. I mean, he was a top two pitcher for them. I'm not saying he's great, especially, I mean, pitchers in Colorado always, you know, a little bit skeptical. They have Gomberta that they got from St. Louis. They had 74 wins last year, and the over-under is 68.5. I think that they improved their team, and I think that San Francisco is going to regress this year. Of course, it's a tough division. What? 
Arizona, am I supposed to be scared of them? I think that they're going to play against a bunch of teams that aren't very good, and this gives me an opportunity to hit at over 68.5 wins on a team that beat that by six wins last year. So that's my first MLB future. Jared, I could see you making faces. What are you thinking? What do you mean, what am I thinking? I don't know. It looked like you didn't like it for some reason or something. Um, I don't know if I liked it or disliked it. Can you repeat um, the entire bet? How many wins? 68 and a half, and last year they won 74 games. How does that make sense? What team is it? <laughs> Are you kidding what conference? me? Colorado. Yeah, I'm going all the way around. Um, well, first off, they have terrible pitching and awful bullpen. Well, which... they still have their same pitching. Sensatella, um, yeah, exactly. Herman, Marquez. Yeah, you're proving my point. So I know, but they added, like I said, Gomber and... Gomber was on their team last and year for half the year. I, well, I'm saying they have him, and now they have Chad Cool from Pittsburgh. Yep. <laughs> That's scary. Um, I'm, I'm not saying it's look, great. I, I don't hate it. It's Pitching low- in general in Colorado doesn't mean that much because yeah. everybody gets rocked there. But I think that what they did with their ro- rotate, or sorry, their lineup is unbelievable. I mean, people think that just because they lost – lost Trevor Story, that that's like the end-all, be-all. They added Randall Gritchick and Chris Bryant. I mean, those are upgrades to me. I, th- I think they have a very weak line. I think they were better last year than anybody expected them to be. They got two very good hitters. And again, weak line. You, start, you started off the right way. Weak line. It should be higher. Okay. And that's what we weak were saying line. last uh, week. Okay. I, we I, thought saying, I, like, I thought you meant weak line. I thought you meant weak line. No, weak yeah. line on, on the win total. I agree with you. I think it should be higher, so I think we're getting value in in that play. Yeah, I I I, th- I think it also comes down to the division, and their division just isn't something that scares the shit out of me. So, uh, I love Rockies over sixty eight and a half wins. Let's get to Coors Field. And speaking of Coors, let me crack a beer and take a sip before I get to my next MLB future. So, yeah. <sighs> It's not a chorus, though. That's illegal. <laughs> but this beer was made in Colorado. Yeah. Just, so, just, to, just to give you one example, the Rockies were, I think, 64.5 win total last year. They won 74 games. I told you they won yeah. 74. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. I didn't know 64 was. No, I'm, the, I'm saying in the beginning of the year, they were yeah, they were, they were un, undervalued. They were That's all I care about, undervalued. So looking for value any way I can get it. My next one is going to... The reigning World Series champions, the Atlanta Braves. Jared just went. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I saw it in your face. Guess what? This team only had 88 wins last year, and their over-under is 90 and a half. Ronald Acuna coming off an ACL injury. Scary. They lost Freddie Freeman. What? One of the best players in the MLB. Who did they replace him with? Matt Olson from Oakland. It doesn't scare me. That guy's a home run hitter. He's not an average hitter like Freeman is. Freeman was the heart and soul of that team. Ozzy Albies having the the career, or sorry, the season of his career. You know what? Fluke season. That's just my call. They lose their World Series MVP Jorge Soler to the Miami Marlins. Right now, they have Marcelo Zuna potentially locked in as their DH. Uh, big question marks. The guy's a wife beater. I don't even know if he's going to sniff the field this year. <laughs> their rotation isn't even strong. Look, their ace right now, based off their depth chart, is Charlie Morton. I think the guy's 45 years old. Uh, he's not actually 45, but he is so old. Then after that, what do you have? Max Freed, 
Anderson, and who? Kyle Wright? Get out of here. They're also going to be in one of the strongest divisions in the MLB, facing the Mets, who just spent $500 million this offseason upgrading their roster. The Phillies, who have an unbelievable roster. And the Florida, sorry, I always want to say Florida. The Miami Marlins, who have revamped their entire lineup offensively this year with one of what I would call a top five pitching rotation in the MLB. They're going to have to play all these teams many times a year. I don't think that bodes well for them. You're telling me that they won 88 games last year just because they're World Series champions. Now the line is 90 and a half. Give me the under on Braves. 90 and a half wins. Wow. Under 90 and a half wins. I hope you're right because that leads into the one future half for you now. Some call me a homer. Some say they may not. But we're going the Florida Miami Marlins over 76 and a half wins. And this handicap's very simple. Um, hitting wins games in baseball. Pitching wins championships. Marlins lineup is just absolutely fire. Uh, sorry, I meant pitching lineup. But uh, their lineup, not so much. But pitching rotation, we have Sandy, Rogers, Pablo Lopez, um, Hernandez to start Going to be whatever But Lazardo is the one I'm really high on He's going to be the fifth starter Velocity is up to 99 In uh, spring training right now Which to me is a really bullish Really uh, positive indicator And then you have Edward Cabrera Max Meyer Sixto Sanchez waiting in the wings Three guys that can be potential ones or twos in the future um, Pitching wins championships Their lineup They actually added a couple outfielders that I don't even like Brandon alluded to one of them Jorge Soler uh, but Avisal Garcia also. This team just needed some home runs. They needed some uh, some guys that hit 270, some consistency. And even though I don't like those guys, it's what they need to fill out their lineup. They added uh, a gold glove catcher, which catchers aren't sexy anymore, but you want a guy that can control a young rotation and Jacob Stallings, bring him in from Pittsburgh. Um, they are just from one to nine. They have guys that can get on base now, which they haven't had. They have depth. So they have um, even with some injuries. I just like where how, how this team's set up. And I mean, uh, we've we've built this farm system the last five years, and it's about time that some of these guys step up. I mean, you're going to see guys that you guys have never heard of: Jesus Sanchez, Luis Diaz. Perhaps is this my handicap or yours? I mean, you think that I'm not going to back you on Florida Marlins and? We're of the most positive Marlins fans ever. But guess what? You are very realistic when it comes to your Florida sports teams over under on season totals. You hit the nail on the head with the heat last year. Respect to that. Mm-hmm. But if you're a baseball guy actually believing that Florida Marlins could contend in the NL East this year, Look, I'm I, I'm going to believe that. I hit South Florida teams at 75% because, like you said, I'm not a homer. I'll take unders. I don't care. Uh, I'll bet our – I feel like if you're just impartial, you can – the teams you're going to know the most are the teams that you're a diehard fan of, and you could evaluate them and analyze them inside and out. And I know this Marlins team like the back of my hand. And the one thing in baseball that is the biggest variable that makes – and I alluded to it on the front end of our podcast – is pitching. And I was like, if you, have a, if you back a team, you love a team's win total over because they have two really good pitchers like last year. You're taking the Mets over because you love DeGrom, and DeGrom gets hurt after starting the year on fire after six outings. Guess what? It's going under. It's something that's out of your, real, your complete control when it comes to a handicap. 
So um, this year, it's, even though the Marlins get a couple injuries to their pitching staff, they have arms behind. Even if they get a couple injuries to their uh, lineup, which happened last year. Last year, they had no one to come up and actually hit and get on base and score runs. This year, they do. This is things that uh, you have to look look at, at least what I look at in uh, MLB futures market. And I think 76 and a half. It's not saying they're going to be a playoff team. They can, win, they can go 80 and 84 and be under 500, and it's still a comfortable winner. So uh, I like the Marlins over 76 and a half. All right. Well, I think you guys are exhausted from your cash robs, but guess what? I'm not. Because we are going to the hard court of the Miami Open tennis. We are going to the semifinals this weekend. We've got Casper Ruud versus Francisco Serendulo. Casper Ruud, number eighth ranked player on the ATP Tour. He is minus four and a half. We're going to take the minus four and a half. Serendulo, first of all, let's just, for people that don't know tennis, if you just qualify for the event, you have to start off basically. You're in a field of 128 guys, whereas Rude, being a top 10 player in the world, only has to start with 64 guys, so he doesn't have to play as many matches. Exhaustion, especially in the Miami Heat, big deal. That's first of all. Yeah, it was 90 today. Yeah, 90 degrees and windy, super windy right now in Miami. Sarandulo, he's coming off a win over Janik Sinner where he was a massive underdog. I'm talking Sinner was minus 400 at least. Sinner started off slow, cramped up, had an injury, had to withdraw. That gave Sarandul the walkover win. So not going to put much into that. Whereas Casper Rude, this guy's been on an absolute heater. He just beat Alexander Zverev, one of your grand. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Tank. Thank you for echoing my statement. But Casper Rude coming off of wins over. Alex Vander Sverev, a top 10 player in the world. Versus, uh, uh, I mean, he's look, Casper is facing a guy that's 103rd in the world. He's 8th ranked. To get to this position, to get to the semis, Casper has beaten guys like Zverev, Cameron Norrie, Alexander Bublik. These are guys that, honestly, if they were to face Serendula themselves, they pro- he probably would have lost. On top of that, we're playing on hard court. One of his best services. He has an 88 and 44 record in matches. He's only 23 years old, so that says a lot to me right there. The best, his best service is on clay, but that's okay. Serendulo, 30% win percentage on hard court as a professional. Casper Rude minus four and a half. I think he absolutely wins in straight sets. I think he wins convincingly. Casper Rude over. Francisco Serendulo, minus four and a half. That's one of my favorite bets of the week this week. So that'll be my final cash crop. So that wraps up our cash crop card. Before we get to our bet the farm bet of the week, it is time, even without Eric, to stump the farm. Sorry, I I get excited for this. I got three questions for you guys. Oh, the three-pack. Speaking of the Miami Open, who is the reigning champion of the Miami Open? And, and for everybody out there that's unfamiliar with the ATP Tour and tennis in general, this is a top five event on the schedule outside of the majors. So who is the reigning champ at the Miami Open? And your hint is that he played today and won. 
I didn't watch any of who meet, who beat Medvedev. I don't even know, but it has to be him. It is him. Um, <laughs> oh, Hercox. Hey, <laughs> I was lost out there. Hubert Hercax is your yeah. reigning champion. This guy doesn't matter. This guy dominates Miami Open, so reigning champion, and he's headed mm-hmm. to the semis. So gotta gotta appreciate it. So. Uh, Hubert Hercox is your reigning champion at the Miami Open. Question number two, one for one. All right, let's go to baseball. Who started the game for the Braves when they won the World Series game in game six? Jared, I will probably turn to you because <laughs> the bird dog will have no idea. Who started game six? Who started Who started game six? They won 6-0. I actually know He this. pitched a dime. Brian Wilson. Something Wilson. Garrett? I was taking a shot in the dark. He's not on the team anymore. He's the top three pitcher in the rotation. Oh. Well, I was. I thought you were trying to, like, know, stump us. I know I one player really and that's hard. Max Freed on that team. Yeah. And he was hurt at the time, wasn't he? No. no. That's Brandon's face of saying it's no, Max Freed. No, it was, it was Freed. It was <laughs> Freed. He fucked us all season long in fantasy. Yeah. It was Freed. I, I mean – uh, I'll give you half the a one p- person I know on the team, on, uh, on the on the pitching staff. I, I'm honestly, I give you the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't think his name is Max, though. Is it Mike? No, it's Max Fried. Jared, is it's it Max? Okay, Max. Fried. Brandon, you're, we know you're not the best with names after uh, Anthony Smotherman on a golf picks of the plot next. And so. guess what? What did that turn so, into? Are you trying to say that we should bet on Mustard Freed? Yes. Uh, we should take yes. him all his wins. Yes. There's, over. there's only his one mustard in, 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 in life, and that's Raheem Mustard. On the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Hey, Miami Dolphins. All right. Question number three in the final question of Stump the Farm. The Suns in the NBA in the Western Conference are the number one seed. They have an eight-and-a-half game cushion as the number one seed. Who? is the number two seed in the Western Conference. I want to say the Grizzlies, Jared. Are you guys in agreement? I'm, everyone watching on camera yeah. sees me nodding. Yes. But I am 110% sure. Grizzlies. It is. Yeah, the, the burn dog comes through. It is They've the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. Well done on Stump the Farm. Maybe I need to ask some tougher questions. I try to get Eric the hardest ones just because oh, he gets cover up. No, no, he no. Gets so defensive. No, when someone goes he, undefeated he, against he him. He gets so rattled. He gets so yeah. rattled. You guys didn't even really have to phone a friend. So uh, appreciate that. Hey, I'll give you two and a half points on that one. So well oh, done we'll we'll for Stump the Farm. And that wraps up our show. And as usual, the only way we like to end our show is with our Bet the Farm Pick of the Week, the one pick that we think that you guys all should take because we are – Well, we've talked about a few, and there's only a few that's been common ground. But the one thing I'm going to say, I'll let you guys make the final decision. In honor of hashtag dog week, it's got to be a dog. You too. Who's going to be the dog? We need more dogs. We going Villanova? We going UNC? Are we going fuck Coach K? Are we going – what are we doing? Me and Jared both on Villanova plus four and a half. Yeah, but me and Wes are both on UNC plus four while you were taking a piss. You missed that handicap. So which one is it going to be? I told you, you two are deciding. Flip a coin. Let it marinate. Let it marinate. Let it marinate. Let it marinate. 
Fuck Coach K! Yeah! Wow, Brandon joining our side. Fuck Coach K! That's all we got to hear. So this is where we hypothetically lock hands. COVID's still around. We're not doing it physically. (laughs) We stare straight into the mirror. And we say UNC plus four, plus four and a half, depending on your bookie, is what we like to call a bet the farm. Outro music. (laughs) 